Hello, and welcome to the newest episode of Walnut Grovecast. Walnut Grovecast needs your support, so please head over to patreon.com slash walnutgrovecast to find out what cool stuff you get for as little as 17 cents a day. Yes, only 17 cents a day gets you some amazing stuff. Thank you so much for your support. This is Mark, and you're listening to Wanna Grovecast. Um, this is the first time we're doing a current generation Little House in the Prairie. I was just saying, um, I have to introduce to the show also um, Kim Lair. How are you, Kim? I'm great. Thanks. How are you, Mark? I'm doing all right. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and talk about this amazing episode that we're about to talk about. And um, yeah, this is this is new to me. Like this is the. Um, as current Little House in the Prairie media that you can possibly get. And, um, you know, we have um, Nancy Olson in this episode. So that's how new it is. And Jenny Wilder. Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, who would go on to become a very famous um, actress, of course. Um, Shannon Doherty. And I, I just want to mention uh, real quick that the episode that we are going to be reviewing... Actually, if you want to say... Yeah, thank you. We are reviewing Marvin's Garden, Season 9, Episode 11. Now, I don't know if you looked it up, so if you looked it up, it's going to be a weird question, but now this seems like a springtime episode, right? This seems like something, you know, it's like, wow, I should get into my garden and start gardening. Yeah, it does, except with all the flowers and everything, definitely. It aired on January 3rd of 1983. (laughs) So this is like a Christmas episode almost. Yeah, weird. <laughs> I would have guessed that. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, even saving this particular episode for, I guess not Valentine's Day, but you know, it's um, it's a very serious episode. This is a pretty deep episode, I think. Um, I think that this particular episode doesn't really get the credit that it deserves. In general, this entire era of Little House doesn't get the credit that it deserves. I agree. I personally thought this episode was a little bit more of a, of a snoozer, a little bit more of a <laughs> dramatic one, but I agree. Season nine is still amazing. Well, it's also very, it's beautifully done. Um, the print is really nice. You know, it's still being shot on film, 
um, which is, of course, very expensive. They've scaled back on the amount of characters, but there still are a lot of characters. But the sets look great. Everybody looks great. Um, we saw Melissa Gilbert, of course, and um, Harriet. Harriet makes a, practically just a little cameo in here. I noticed that, and I noticed during this episode that uh, Melissa Gilbert, or sorry, I should say Laura and Harriet were wearing dresses of the same exact material. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. You'd think that would happen more, because every time they're in the mercantile, there seems to be maybe <laughs> different things of fabric, and so yeah. I was very intrigued to see that they were both wearing different dresses, but of the same fabric. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. You know, you would think... I mean, the mercantile really has a limited amount of space, right? So it's not like they can, they're going to probably purchase, you know, a large quantity of each piece of material. So that's interesting. <laughs> um, so what happens is that we have, um, we have a really big star, actually. Um, why am I skipping out on his name? Um, yes, we have Ralph Bellamy, who, of course, people um, know him best. I guess maybe um, current people know him best as um, the one of the one of the rich guys from Trading Places. Um, he was also in Pretty Woman, which oh. I don't. Yeah, he played James Morse. It was his last role, believe it or not. Interesting. Um, but he's done everything, you know. I mean, this is a guy who's on the Love Boat, of course, and Fantasy Island, and did all of that stuff. But he, you know, the guy just was a constant worker throughout the. All the way back to like the 30s. Yeah, he was in His Girl Friday, which mm. most famous role. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And he did also craft theater. I'm looking, you know, just kind of, he did all those like playhouses, like Goodyear Playhouse, Playhouse 90. And, um, you know, when TV was like, I guess, kind of new and it's, they're doing like, um, kind of theater. He did a lot of great stuff. But, um, He's a doctor in this, and he's talking to another grumpy guy. Yeah, he is, but I just have to say the biggest issue with this whole episode for me is there was another doctor in Walnut Grove this right. entire time. <laughs> I don't, do you think this was Walnut Grove? Yeah, I guess it is Walnut Grove, right? It was, because him and Doc Baker were buddies. <laughs> he was always like, bringing medicine through him. So. Where, it's like, where were you during the, I don't know, blizzard? Uh, maybe the plague. Um, <laughs> Well, like, interviews. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, what are you doing? Hanging on, like, Philadelphia or something? Um, he has his own nurse. Right, right. He seems a lot more well-off than Doc Baker. I totally agree. He he doesn't, you know what? He, this, this guy does not take chickens. You know, there's no way about it. Um, he's, he's got expensive glasses. Um, he's got a garden. I mean, come on. <laughs> but here he is talking to um, another... I guess another person who lives in Walnut Grove that we've never seen before and will never see again. Right. I've shouted enough at that lazy, no-good grandson of mine, and he never listened. Left town this morning. Moved out, lock, stock, and barrel. <laughs> California. Land sakes of mercy, what's he going to do out in California? He don't know. That's why he's going. Young folks like to go someplace. If they already know what's there, no adventure. Little later in life, 
No fun going unless you know what's there. Yeah. Yeah, I... I suppose. And this guy's just sneezing and sneezing because of the flowers. And just to give you a kind of... I guess the setup for the episode, because it's kind of dull like this for the most part. Um, but then we get, you know, immediately we kind of get fast forward into a lot of excitement. But before that, we do have, uh, what is this doctor's name? Do you happen, did you catch Dr. his? Marvin. What is it? I'm sorry. Marvin, Dr. Marvin. Doctor, is that his last name? No, I think that's his first name, actually. I'm looking it up. Oh, yeah, Marvin Haynes. Doctor. Oh, okay. I'm not going to call him doctor because I know it's happen. I know it's about to happen. Wow. <laughs> I'm just I'm going to call him Mr. Haynes. Yeah. So, I'm my doctor. I'm a Doc Baker girl all the way. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, how much blood is on Doc Baker's hands? That's true. Very true. Um, even Ma turned on Doc Baker at some point. Well, he kind of turned on her, but that's that's a different part. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would say that Doc Baker is um, Swedish. I don't know what um, Haynes is. I don't know. Maybe German? Not sure. Something. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Shouldn't <laughs> um, right. his doctor. So we, we kind of get to Walnut Grove, and Dr. Haynes is waiting in Doc Baker's office, and he's looking at a newspaper, and it's crazy blurry. And right before then, his nurse says, haven't you seen all those boxes in the shed? And he goes, I'm not senile, I'm just old. I thought he was just complaining when I first watched it. I was just, wow, this guy's very colicky. Yeah. But, <laughs> but here, um, here's the conversation where um, they also violate a lot of HIPAA laws. Oh, yeah. They're going fast, old man. You talking to yourself now, Marvin? Yep. But I'm not arguing. How have you been? They're just dressed like twins. It's so funny. <laughs> I just noticed this. Yeah, is that both... the uniform for a doctor? <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like, are you guys going to a party later or something? You... It's very interesting. Very, um, I don't know. I guess a black vest and, um, is a doctor. Look, it fits. Yeah. Fine. I was wondering if those medicines came in I ordered. I've got them right here somewhere. Thank you, Dr. Baker. You're welcome, Harriet. Sorry I wasn't able to give you better news. Oh, that's perfectly all right, Dr. Baker. I'll get a second opinion, thank you. In Minneapolis, where they have real doctors. Good day, Marvin. Man, <laughs> say, she's upset. What's wrong with her? Nothing. That's why she's upset. You just violated every rule. Every law that's on the books today. Mm-hmm. Doc Baker. I can't even call him Doc Baker. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, you, you can't you can't start talking about people. So um so essentially we, we start learning that Dr. Haynes um his eyes are just getting worse and worse and worse. Um and he's overdue for a physical to keep his medical license. Right, which apparently is the only thing that is keeping him away. From getting a medical license, not, you know, he doesn't have to take seminars, he doesn't have to participate in any type of trials or do anything, really. Um, very different um, 150 years ago, I guess. 
So thank God for that. Thank goodness for modern medicine. Right, right, right. My my wife works in the medical field, and uh, she's always bringing up HIPAA laws that are um, constantly <laughs> changing. And um, you know, I am happy that we're a little bit more protected these days. Um. So one of the weird things about Dr. Haynes is that he seems to have a relationship with other people, but we never knew that Dr. Haynes even existed. I mean, I don't think that he was in one episode of Little House in the Prairie prior to this. Oh, no, he definitely wasn't. And I don't think he's in one since. Hmm. Uh, but he and Jenny are best friends. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, um, almost to the point where, you know, maybe you back off a little bit. Yeah, maybe Laura should <laughs> keep an eye on what's going on. Yeah, a little bit. So he brings I, her about two pounds of candy every. <laughs> well, here's here's that scene actually, where it's kind of like, um, "Where's that girl? <laughs> <laughs> Need to rub my feet." Doctor Mar, what brings you out here? I uh, missed Jenny at school. I uh, had something I wanted to give her. Well, she- yeah, I bet, creepo. But, <laughs> so he's going to the school to give it to her. It's just a weird type of thing. I wonder, do the other kids kind of look in this situation and go, wow, you have this weird relationship with this, you know, um, old guy. I would if I was in school with her, but I do have to say, in his defense, he was just at Doc Baker's office. So maybe he That's was stopped true. on the way home. And I also do genuinely think that um, he has the best of intentions, uh, oh, yes. of course. Um, but but to today's standards, again, we look at these things with um, critical eyes. Oh, yeah, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, and it continues to become. So here yeah. She's not here. She went straight from school to the swimming hole. Now, if you listen to her voice right there, right, it's like a flashback to 10 or 15 years ago. Her voice is yet to mature. <laughs> I agree, and it's, it's unsettling, especially in the beginning when Almanza is so much older than her, and she looks like a little girl, and she yeah. sounds like a little girl, and they're eating popcorn in bed, and she still sounds like a little girl. It's, right. it's unsettling. It's weird. Right, and it's just, yeah, it is kind of weird, but um, I wonder if she, at a, any point, was told, like, you kind of have to, you know, be a little bit more mature vocally. But um, I don't know. But here we go, the rest of the scene. But I'll give it to her for you. Well, maybe I better. What is it? Jawbreakers or licorice? Neither one. I swear it. Jelly beans. <laughs> I thought so. Well, Laura, you know, kids like a few sweets now and then. Besides, that child gives me more pleasure stopping by, chatting with me, telling me about... What young folks are about these days? Now, is it appropriate for him to be handling her um, clothing like this? I mean, it's I all the same thing. I was like, get your hands off my underwear. <laughs> and right. also, those clothes did not look thoroughly rinsed. They were like a few <laughs> drops of water on them. Right. These look like Pa's dirty shirts. <laughs> right. And I know that Laura's been doing laundry, helping Ma since she was like seven. So come on. <laughs> Scrubbing it on a rock or something. No, they probably have one of those machines that you kind of crank by now. Oh yeah, I can see that. Well, you know, I feel like the whole Ingalls way is is doing it the hard way, the honest way. <laughs> well, look at Laura's hair. Of course, <laughs> every morning she wakes up, puts that button that's perfectly um, parted in the middle, and puts up her dress that buttons way up. 
I loved it. Oh, I, I just, know it's it's beautiful. It's just holy cow, that's a lot of effort. Yeah, true, very true. <laughs> um, and Laura actually does wear a number of different outfits in this. I didn't. Um, you know who actually had a an outfit that I thought was a little bit, um, a Can little bit too frilly. You know Can who? I guess right now, Nancy Olsen. Oh well, always. But oh, yeah. um, no, Leslie Landon um, at a plum. Oh. Um, I always feel like her stuff has too many frills. Interesting. Um, she's I, I don't. She's not my favorite character either. Oh, she does to the Beetle Yardstick. <laughs> and also Eva Plum. I don't know. There's something about the name. It just kind of. Uh, I mean, Etta Plum. It, it just seems to me as too typical of a name for a teacher on Little House in the Prairie. Of it. Although Edda I guess Plum. they are in Plum Creek, so that is kind of redundant. Yeah, something's up with that. Yeah. It's too, um, and she is Michael Landon's daughter, so a lot of nepotism going on. So um, Marvin, for the most part, leaves the jelly beans. He clearly has this really nice relationship with Jenny. Um, and in the next scene, we see what Jenny is up to. You know, she's um, playing with the boys, not not, not skinny dipping, just dipping. Pretty close, yeah. <laughs> Pretty close. But, you know, innocently, um, they're in some bog, I guess. I don't know what else to really call this. It is murky. They make a point how murky it is. And uh, what they're playing, what is it called? Um, what is it called? Chicken. Yeah, well, yeah, and they're trying to shove each other. Yeah, and she's on <laughs> Willie's shoulders, and Jeb... Is underneath Jason, who we haven't introduced at all. I don't think. No, not the at all. Voice. Jay- well, I'm gonna play the scene, then we can uh, we can talk about Jason. Okay. Push over. Come on, Jenny. Let the little guy get you down. One more time. That's enough, Jason. My neck's broken. Oh, come on. You're gonna let a girl beat us. Now, I heard that that was the voice where the that inspired the entire movie, A Christmas Story. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he really sounds like that kid, like, come on. Oh, healthy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, actually, the character, David Friedman, who plays um, Jason Carter, who you know basically moved into the Ingalls old little house, um, that it's an upcoming episode. Probably this episode will come out after the episode that he's in. I'm trying to get out all the cast members who are going to the reunion, trying to get them all out as soon as possible. Awesome. But he was a, he was a fascinating interview. Him and I are um, pretty much about the same exact age. We're like a few months apart. So it was very interesting talking to somebody who, at the age of 11 years old, had already been on TV shows such as Chips, and, um, Fantasy Island, and all of these amazing things, and had this entire career and I'm like, eh, I'm going to go climb a tree. You know, that's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but it, there's so many um, children actors, especially in Little House on the Prairie. And I bet you a lot of them just wanted to climb a tree when they were 11 and not have to worry about their job. Well, you know, it's interesting that you said that because he actually said to me, he actually didn't want to do the interview at first. And he said, you know, it was a job. And he's like, and if I come on, I feel like I'm just going to be talking about a job that I did when I was a kid. So I kind of gave him my my cool guy background, and um, which is is kind of cool being a Manhattanite and everything. So I kind of told him like what I've done and you know all this kind of cool stuff, and brought him into a conversation. So I, I kind of tricked him to come on. 
So, which was great. And um, I don't think he regretted it. He was a super nice guy. And um, and I'm really glad that he came on. But he did he did a ton of work. I mean, I don't know if you ever watched, um, you know, like Mr. Belvedere. And he was also in um, The New Leave at the Beaver, which I considered to be um, probably his most controversial work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it, it was just the, the New Leave it to Beaver was considered... <laughs> um, the worst. It was. It was very hated. <laughs> it was not well received. So um, here's the rest of that clip. Yeah. Must be getting late anyway. I gotta help Aunt Laura supper. We would warn you this time. That's why you quit. A girl. Yeah. My chain. I lost my chain with a locket. It must have come out loose while we were playing. Why didn't I take it off? I've got to find it. Jenny, it's no use. The water's too murky. But I've got to try. It's got my pa's picture in it. So she, go, she goes into the murky... Um, I don't even know what to call this. I guess it is a bog or... A, yeah. um, I don't know what it is. Well, there was down branches and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> Surprised there's not more mosquitoes and stuff. Oh, I bet there is. Um, but she sees it. She sees the locket. She goes to grab it, and she does grab it. And I think, I don't know if you were able to tell what got her stuck, but was it her ponytail? I mean, no. her pigtail? He kind of pulled on her braid later, and I don't think so. I think it was just her head. Mm, uh, her big head. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> if we can set it up, Jenny is an orphaned child. Right. Um, Almanzo's brother selfishly came to visit his daughter, knowing that he was going to die, and burden Laura and Almanzo with Jenny uh, as to raise as their child. So, the locket actually has a picture of her deceased father in it. Yeah, I mean, it's the, before the days of being able to make a copy of something and um... having it on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. So I can understand why you'd want to jump into this murky mess and try to retrieve it. Sure, um, it's sentimental value. But we never really hear about the locket again. It becomes something that's just, eh. I was waiting for the whole episode for somebody to steal <laughs> that locket, and she just forgot right about that locket. Right, like, she, you'd think, okay. you think, like, Dean Butler would walk out, you know, and go, I got something for you. We, we trained the swamp. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or Jeb, because Jeb has a crush on her and has from the get. And I That's thought true. he would be her knight in shining armor that would bring her locket back. But no. So she goes down there um, with what seems to be seconds. <laughs> and, um, and actually is seconds. And it's very deep where they were just playing chicken. So yeah. it's no deeper than Willie's waist. But she has to swim to the very bottom to get this locket. I would say at most she might have not gotten oxygen for two minutes, which I guess could be detrimental. I, I don't. Yeah, that's generous. I mean, I don't think it was two minutes, but well, things moved very slow back then. True. They didn't. They didn't have the same type of cautionary tales that we do today. Very true. <laughs> Thanks to Little House. Thanks to Jenny. She is my cautionary. <laughs> Yeah, they, these actually, yeah, we're talking about our cautionary tales. Like, if, if my son lost his locket, well, if my son had a locket, but um, if Take he had, <laughs> what? Take his braids out. First right. 
Precisely. Um, but if he had if he had dropped something, I would say, hey, you got forty five seconds. <laughs> Whoa, what was that? Oh, that's a reminder on my Windows machine that I am supposed to speak to you in thirty minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Windows, for for blowing out everyone's ears. Um, <laughs> I, I patch everything. One day, I, I mean, I get so many emails about how I record this particular podcast. And um, the setup I use is all Frankenstein. So I use an entire Windows machine to play clips, but I record it all on a Mac. So it's, wow. I don't know. It's um, some people have an interest. I think most people don't. <laughs> so that's why I'm going to stop talking. So um, we find out what happens to poor Jenny. Right, um, and Jeff tries to save her, and he does save her, but mm-hmm. he actually learned to swim from saving her from drowning in a few episodes before when her You know what? I forgot about that. Oh, man. I love this era of Little House to Prairie, by the way. I, I really have to say it. I, I really want to visit it more often. Um, I, I got buried in the earlier and mid-episodes far too much. I think yeah. these episodes are much more dramatic and... I agree. It, they really turn up the crazy in a very entertaining way to watch. Right, and even Laura, um, her character is a little bit nutty in this episode, and um, it's coming. So we uh, we learn that basically Jenny's gone lame. <laughs> I guess that would be the way they might have described her back then, but here we go. Oh, that music. Doc Baker said Jenny was lucky to be alive, but she had suffered some damage due to lack of oxygen. She could walk with some effort, but she had very little use of her hands and a great deal of trouble speaking. I wish I could see some sign of improvement. She just went too long without oxygen. Maybe call the other doctor. Uh-oh. Get a second opinion. I heard Minneapolis has real doctors. <laughs> <laughs> it's the word on the, you know. In the mercantile. Yeah. Also, their house looks like it was just built 45 minutes ago. Well, it was just built, especially Jenny's room was just built. But remember, the tornado came and knocked their house down, so Almanzo had to rebuild it. It was a real rush job. Hmm. It, it looks real new, though. Yeah, it does. Real <laughs> and they have big plate glass windows. Very nice. Very fancy. Mm-hmm. All right. Surely there's something, someone. Oh, in the city, perhaps. I can give you the name of a few doctors, highly respected. <laughs> Unlike me, <laughs> they have they've killed much less kids. We'll leave Even tomorrow. the horse is laughing at him. <laughs> mm, you mustn't get your hopes up, Laura. Doctors can only do so much. I understand. And it could be very expensive. We'll manage. All right. I'll contact him. Let him know you're coming. Thank you. Remember what I said about getting your hopes up. I will. That goes for Jenny, too. Well, you know, I mean, don't don't have any words of encouragement, of course. Such a downer. He was really beating that dead horse. He really was. Well, I think that he really, um, at least the character, of course, he once, he didn't see a very positive outcome here. Yeah, which is understandable. I mean, she was without oxygen for a while. Yeah. Second. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in the next shot, we get to see the fountain that was in the be- uh, beginning, not the beginning, the one where Mary goes and 
Yeah, with John Jr., the two-timer, uh, with Rodimus, Rodimus uh, Perra. Yeah, and distracted by his wingman right around that very fountain. I want to compare that shot to the other one because I think it's stock footage. Oh, I don't think... I, I genuinely do not think they went and reshot that. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, it's too big of a set. Yeah, they do reuse some shots, understandably. There's one of a sunrise that I know I have seen the same sunrise like 15 times, but it's a beautiful sunrise. And it's a beautiful fountain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just like to call it out, I guess. Um, so... We, we're basically at the doctors, and just like Pa would do or Ma would do, they basically stay there for as long as they possibly can afford to, right to the point of bankruptcy. There must be something one of these doctors can do. So Laura's looking out of a window of probably a, a very expensive hotel, something that the Wilders cannot afford at the moment. And it's always pouring rain. <laughs> but it's always beautiful in the next scene. So that's so here we go. Yeah, it's time to go home. In the rain? Oh man, Zo. And I do appreciate you calling him Almanzo. Oh, why, thank you. I've heard the controversy on this <laughs> podcast before, but when I read the books, I had pronounced it Almanzo, and it oh, wasn't until I watched it that I heard Almanzo. Huh. I didn't Which know that. To say. But to be fair, there's a character on The Real Housewives of New Jersey, and his name's Albert Manzo, and they call him Almanzo. So maybe that's <laughs> from in my mind. Um, so the next scene is beautiful in Walnut Grove. Just people are kind of wandering around like they're Amish. And <laughs> they do, and they kind of dress like Amish. So it, it appears that um, Dr. Marvin skipped out on his you know, physical, and we have Doc Baker trying to track him down. Now hold on, Marvin. You had an appointment with me, and you're going to keep it. Let's get that physical over with. Maybe next week. Last Monday, your license to practice medicine expired. Didn't they notify you? I'm a little behind in my mail. This is no laughing matter, Marvin. Now let's get on with it. I can't, Hiram. I can't pass the physical. Why? Your eyes. Come on, Doc Baker, you can't squeak him by? Squeak. I mean, I wonder how long the license was for. Like 35 know. years? Yeah, he's conservatively 105 years old, Dr. <laughs> exactly. I, I feel like there's a lot of reasons why he's not getting his medical license renewed. So what happens is uh, Marvin goes back to his office where he has his own private um, staff. I'm going to call her staff. That's fair. She's on the payroll. Um, and this actress is Helen Klebe. Um, I mentioned her before. And she's been in so much stuff as well. Going back to, let's see, what was her earliest thing here? Uh, 1952, where she did a lot of theater on television. But she's been in I Love Lucy and um, 
bunch of stuff I never heard of. A lot of Dragnet and stuff that we've all kind of, I guess, heard of in the early television. And um, she does look very familiar. I thought I did recognize her. And apparently there was a movie that I was just watching the other night, the original Manchurian Candidate, where she has an uncredited role. And I have to wonder if it was her that I saw. I don't know. Because I don't know who Mrs. Henry Whitaker is. So I have to go back and look. Because there's no way I'm going to remember some small role person. Like, I'm not going. I don't think that she's, like, that unique looking. I will say, <laughs> the second she came on, I was like, I know her from somewhere. Her face is, is mm-hmm. uh, I think everybody would recognize her from somewhere. And even just on her IMDb, I mean, she's got hundreds of acting credits. Right. Oh, you're great. She lived to be 96 years old. That's wild. Oh. Um, I'm always amazed by how old some people get to be. It's pretty wild. Especially so, when you're looking at people on this show. And you can see some of them were born in the 1800s. It's wild. Yeah, well, she was born close to it. She was born in 1907. Wow. And uh, passed away in 2003. Just right. shy, three days shy of 2004. Ah. You almost made it, Helen. But it's just 2004. It's not like it was that eventful of a year from, you know, not in news anyway. So um, here we go. Uh, Basically, uh, Marvin is here to just lay down the bad news. There you are. You have an appointment with Silas Matthews at 10 o'clock. Cancel it. Cancel all my appointments. And uh, refer all my patients to Dr. Baker. The killer? (laughs) Hiram killer? Doctor? Mister, I'm not a doctor anymore. I got a doctor's mind, doctor's hands, but I don't have a doctor's eyes. I can't make out the expression on your face, but I'm sure it's one of pity. And believe me, Miss Connolly, I don't need it. I worked hard my whole life. I'm ready to relax and enjoy my golden years. You better get to the telephone now and make those cancellations. You're a wonderful nurse. The best. There's something between these two, I think. I was just thinking <laughs> that, okay? Because in my mind, it was like his first day, and she was by his side. <laughs> yeah. Many late nights in the office. It's like, what's your name, Ms. Con- Connolly? <laughs> I wonder if nurses had the same type of situation where once they were married, they were supposed to quit. Well, I don't think that's a specific thing to nurses or to teachers. I think that's just for women. Honestly, back then it was like an insult that your husband couldn't afford for you to be his wife. And it was more of an issue of a woman's job than a, than a job, I think. Hmm. Well, I'm, um, I mean, they're definitely male nurses now, of course. And 
Um, and why shouldn't there be? It's, it's a very difficult job to begin with. But it just seems uh, as though it definitely has that um, that female... Stigma. Um, yeah, stigma, I guess. Thank you. But um, and you know, and if Little House in the pra- on the prairie is nothing, it's um, not uh, stereotypical. So it's, it's always running with the stereotypes. So one of the things that we start picking up on is that Laura does not want to. Al- I, I think she wants to protect Jenny from anything at this point. She blames herself for what happened. I don't know why she wasn't even there, but I right. guess thing but what's interesting is that she is babying Jenny and not letting her do for herself but the episode where Almanzo has the stroke she chastises Eliza Jane for doing the exact same thing she keeps saying no he needs to do things for himself he is able-bodied but I guess it's different when you're a, a surrogate mother versus a wife she's a lunatic is what you're saying no um <laughs> <laughs> she's she's crazy um so Almanzo is talking to Isaiah. Um, Isaiah pops in for about as long as Harriet popped in. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was going to play it. I don't even think it's worth It's such a noisy clip with the background noise that um, they're basically saying that the trip was for nothing. And they just have to try to get Jenny back into, the, um, into a routine of some sort. Mm-hmm. Going to school, all that. Yeah, so... The next scene we see Laura doing a little bit of work and then she gonna you know gets ribbed for it. You never see Ma doing this kind of work. By the no, way. unless there's like a catastrophe with Pa, like when they had right. the heart. <laughs> Laura is like up in the wagon and she's chucking the hay, like she is working hard and he doesn't offer to help then like he did with the laundry. <laughs> and she's dressed so warmly. Oh, I know, and it's gotta be hot in California. Oh, That's man. All I think about. Back one day and that husband of yours has got you slaving away already. No rest for the wicked. What about Jenny? She keeping busy? Not much she can do yet. Who says? What? Who says there's not much she can do? You or Jenny? Doctor. Just a minute. It's I don't know. It's not doctor anymore, by the way. That's Mr. Oh, man, talk for a well, if there's one thing I learned in all my years of doctrine, it's that when a patient's down, you got to get him back up. I'm sure in time. Now, now's the time, I'm telling you, Laura. The more they do, the better off they are. I've had patients that doctors gave up on because they didn't have time. you got to push folks. Give them love, but push them. Give them encouragement, but push them. I'll try as hard as I can. Let's both try as hard as we can. So, uh, it's kind of like one of these kind of Laura things where it's like, oh, I'm not really listening to you. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Um, Jenny comes running out. and Without a limp at all. <laughs> right. It's so, it's so weird. But at best, her arms are at her side. Seen it. Oops. Dr. Marvin. Jenny. I've missed you, child. It's hard to find folks willing to talk to an old man. I miss you, too. We were just talking about you. This might be the first time I'm playing her 
her vocal, her her dialogue, which um, is clearly, um, I guess, delayed. I'm not really sure, but um, these are you know these are things that I guess can happen with like a head blow or something. But you can work on these things and have it come back, which is true. I mean, I guess sometimes it's permanent. Her speech acting is, is just oh, it's tough. Yeah, it is really rough, but hey, the next (laughs) clips are going to be extremely tough for me to get through because of that. I'm like, geez, he's getting pretty long here. Um, (laughs) I was wondering if you could take some time to come to my place and help me. Doctor. Just for a while till you start back to school. Could I? All right, but just for a little while. Good. When do you want to start? Tomorrow. Tomorrow morning it is, bright and early. Oh. You better take this bag of licorice in the house before the sun melts it. I'll take it inside for you. She's got it. Yeah, she, Laura wants to basically do everything for her, like grabbing a bag of licorice. Like, what's the worst that's about to happen? She's going to drop it? Right, exactly. <laughs> and does licorice melt? Is that a thing? I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I want to know at what temperature does licorice melt, but it did look pretty hot that day. I mean, I guess licorice is just, you know, I, I really don't know, and I'll, I'm going to just say it's black licorice, too. Oh, yeah. Um, whoa, there's kids screaming outside my house. They're like playing. It's probably my kid out there. Get away from my car. So, black licorice probably, and um, it might be just gelatin, right? So I guess gelatin does can become very soft in the heat. But I'm not sure. I, again, I have to look at that. I don't know. I know it's a plant of something, right? Um, yeah, licorice uh- root. Um, it's where the flavor comes on from, and then they throw a crap load of sugar in there mm. and cook it down <laughs> <laughs> until it's malicious, I guess. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, it is a root. So um, on the way to, I guess, helping Jenny, Jenny's kind of, we see Jenny going back and forth and walking, and we see her doing it more and more, and she sees um, a hurt bird on the ground. So it gives her something that she needs to do. She needs to pick up this bird and bring the bird to the doctor. The doctor is actually, he's one of these, um, what do you call them? You put the powder in the vessel and then you spray it on your flowers and stuff. But they're very commonly known to be used with, uh, for spraying DDT. Right. <laughs> But I'm not really sure what he... I mean, it could be fertilizer, I guess. Who, who sprays? It is actually Bugs. When he's talking to the picture of his dead wife, he says, oh, if you're talking to God up there, tell him to make Bugs bigger <laughs> so people can see him. And it's just weird. Like, it's so strange. Um, yeah, I think he found that prop somewhere, and it yeah. looked legit, and so they wanted to use it. It was a nicer stamp. <laughs> right. But um, here, here's the bird um, in this little scene where he basically um, puts down every veterinarian in the entire world. Talk with the Lord. Right. Oh, I mean, not that I'm one to 
tell him he's made a mistake, but if he just made bugs a little larger, old folks could see him. as if we have a broken wing here. Well, can you fix it? We can give it a try. Don't need a license to mend a bird. Oh. <laughs> That's obnoxious. <laughs> I think you do need a license yeah. to mend the bird. And, and, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Actually, you're breaking up just a little bit. What did, uh, can you repeat that? Oh, I just said, I think so, too. I think you do need a veterinary license. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed kind of funny. Like, like oh, I'm not a horse doctor. That <laughs> was a slam, for sure. Yeah. Um, so he helps with the bird, um, and which is a good representation of, you know, if we can heal this bird, we can heal anything. And they kind of just keep working on her. I think, you know, it, it gets a little tiresome after a while because Laura is being overbearing. Um, I'll play another little thing of that. Because Laura really, really pushes it to the point where, I don't know, where Manto has to step in a little bit. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a good idea for Jenny to spend so much time at Marvin's. Why not? Well, you saw her tonight. She's exhausted. She can hardly keep her eyes open at the table. She hardly even ate anything. I just don't think it's a good idea. Beth, how many times in the past has that child come home so exhausted from playing she could hardly keep her eyes open? It was different then. She was all right then. How do we know this isn't making her worse? All that walking. Beth, it's good for her. She is having fun. Don't treat her like an invalid. You said you were going to give it some time. All right? All right. I wonder if Melissa Gilbert thought, wow, we're really dragging out this script, huh? I don't know. <laughs> Slow it down, guys. Yeah, the, especially with Jenny's speech. I mean, it feels like there's 20 minutes of content in a 48-minute episode. Right. But it's still, it's still Love Little House, obviously, but it's, it's, it's repetitive. Well, apparently, thankfully, Jenny shows tremendous improvement by just doing things, which is kind of magic. You know, um, they say rest equals rust. So, um, well, they don't. I do. Um, but here we go. We have, this is a little bit of a long clip, but so I'm going to try to fly through it a little bit. Um, but it's basically time to hear a little bit of the hard reality of things for Jenny. Anyway. Time you got back to school. <laughs> Something no kid wants to hear. <laughs> I'm not ready for school. Sure you are. You've gotten a lot better these past weeks. Uh, but 
No buts. I'm the doctor. Your reading's 100% better. Here. And you can hold a pencil in one hand. Young lady, you're ready to go back to school. I don't know if Aunt Laurel let me go yet. Sure she will. You're mighty good at persuading. I'm just going to skip to it. So she goes back to school. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, um, I would say that for the most part, she, even though she walks away with this feeling that she was, well, you know what? Let me play the, the reaction that the class gives when she walks in. Jenny, you're back. Well, come on, I got some worry. I know you're excited, but let's take our seats, okay? Oh, we've missed you, Jenny. Welcome back. We are all very happy to have Jenny back in class with us again. Can Jenny tell us what it was like, almost drowning and all? Yeah. Come on, come on, I'm not sure Jenny wants to talk about it. Please. Oh, oh, Wait here. Yeah, my pa said when you almost die. See things, almost like you're in heaven. Jenny, if you want to... I don't know if Nels would talk about anything afterlife type of things, do you? Um, yeah, he does seem to be, like, slightly less religious than Harriet, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they've gotten into some squabbles where he felt near death. You know, I'm curious. Um, I should look up for myself about the beliefs of the afterlife um, in the 19th century. Just kind oh, of, well. it, I mean, it's definitely much more acceptable now, but at the same time, um, kind of a taboo subject, even then. You know, so I'm just kind of curious what, whether somebody like Nels would just kind of you know talk about these kind of things so openly with his family. Talk about it. That's I think fine. Nels thinks no one's listening. And if not, that's. Oops, sorry. Say that again. Kim's I just said, I think Nels is used to people not listening. So, <laughs> so you think he's just kind of rambling it. on? Well, th- we've seen Nels drink quite a bit, so. Yeah, I think a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. So basically, um, Michael Landon's daughter, um, Etta, <laughs> puts. Jenny on the spot, right? I mean, basically, instead of thinking, you know what, I'm not going to put this child who's gone through something extremely traumatic, you know, I'm not going to put her in front of everybody and make her give an entire speech without at all knowing her situation. Um, Yeah, she did ask Jenny, like, are you okay talking about it? Because she she thought it was a little too much. But then at that point, the ball's already rolling, I don't know if Jenny wants to talk about it with any of you. (laughs) um, And she, it's very surprising to the entire class that her speech is now um, pretty delayed. And she, it's just for her, maybe it's the first time that even she's starting to see the, um, just the reaction of her peers. And it's, it's a sad moment. Kids are laughing at her. Yeah, and it's very long. Um, so yeah. that's why I'm just going to fast forward to um, Nancy's pep talk. Oh, where, the best. <laughs> where Nancy's going to sit next to a tree and 
And I just would like to mention one more time sure. that Jenny has already tried to commit suicide once when her dad died. Yeah, you're right. Wait, so, did she try? And she tried to drown herself, right? She tried to yeah. drown herself, exactly. And Jeb had to save her. Oy vey. <laughs> Jeb. All right. Here we go. I hate running in these shoes. Oh, they pinch my feet. It's a shame you can't play. It must be awful. You were the best girl player in school. I don't think I'd want to live if something like that happened to me. I couldn't believe it when you started talking this morning. I mean, we all knew you weren't feeling well, but... Do you really think you'll get better? Nancy, you're in the outfield. Coming. You're lucky you can't play. You're lucky you can't play. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, for Nancy, the monster that Nancy Olsen is, that speech wasn't too atrocious. It was rude. It was inconsiderate. But oh. she was purposely trying to hurt her feelings. I don't think. No, I think it was the setup for what she really was going to say. True. Oh, yeah, that was hard. <laughs> like, why don't I get my talking box out and record you that, that Nelly left behind? You know, like that type of thing. Um, it was going, yeah, she's going to torture. You know, if we were to be able to be in that classroom and and find out what had happened to these characters, Nancy would be relentless. Oh, yeah. She would be cyberbullying kids all over the place. <laughs> yeah. On, on MySpace. Exactly. Because <laughs> uh, she's, I don't know if she'd be able to pull off um, a modern cyber attack. Um, so we have the doctor basically flat out tearing into Jenny here. And it's yeah. kind of hard to hear. I, I mean, I fully agree with it. Um, uh, to a point. I just think that his bedside manner gets a little bit um, nasty, almost. I yeah. Guess. Um, this is a very long clip, but I think most of it is worth listening to. And Jenny runs away from Nancy back to the doc's house. So she leaves school early. She's taking a half. That's right. And I'm sorry. I'm glad you just said that. Um, just kind of bells. <laughs> yeah. Without telling anybody, because we later learned that um, Laura went to go pick him up, her up from school. So. You could just leave school with no repercussion. You know, like nobody cares that the girl who almost died just left school. Oh, my God. It's yeah. bizarre to me. I. That's did. the clip. <laughs> Waiting. But I left. I'm not making fun of the way she talks, I'm making fun of the actress. like Mortimer, <laughs> you know, you can kind of hear his voice. 
in yeah. trading places. You've seen trading places? No, I haven't. Oh, really? <laughs> you have to see yeah. trading places. It's really funny because it's exactly, um, I think it came out a year after this. So oh, it's, it's him and, um, you're going to love his character in it. He plays just like a real kind of douchebag, rich guy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he says Mortimer. <laughs> you know, I, in my head, all I hear him calling is the other rich guy, whose name is Mortimer. Of tears. So you went back to school, and they acted different to you. Is that it? Yes. And you weren't different. You weren't any different from the way you were before. Of course you were. They made me feel uncomfortable. That's because they were uncomfortable. They didn't know what to say to you. It's like, cut, cut, cut. All right, you're really rushing through this. So what you need to do is really slow it down. Because we have to fill up another four minutes worth of film if we're going to get to the end of this uh, shot. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you. Like, I don't... It is really... I mean... She's really, really pushing it. Um, it's hard to listen to these, but again, it's worth listening to. Land's sake, you gotta give people a chance. But Nancy said. Nancy that. said mean things to you. Didn't she always? Didn't she? Well, sure. Well, yes, but. But what? She shouldn't be mean to you now because what happened to you? That's nonsense. You were upset at the other children because they acted differently. You were upset with Nancy because she acted the way she always does. I thought you would understand. What are you going to do now? Go home and feel sorry for yourself? That'll do you a lot of good. Now, this is like below the belt. <laughs> this yeah. is, how old do you think the, the character is supposed to be? Oh, 10 years old. Right. Oh, wait, are we Jenny? Yeah, yeah Jenny. Yeah, no, not him. <laughs> 116. Um, no, yeah, like 10 years old. And it's like, you know, I guess sometimes, you know, um, these kind of harsh realities are important when a yeah. child is young. But on Little House, for these words to be spoken, it's kind of it's a little unsettling. If before this, her experience with him was all candy and flowers. Right, where are the jelly beans, old man? Right. <laughs> you, you don't understand. You pretended to be my friend. But you don't care. You, you don't care at all. That's it, that's it. Get angry. Good for you. I do it lots of times, because I'm a doctor and I'm going blind, and that makes me damn angry, because I'm still a good doctor and I can't help people anymore. And <laughs> should I play this part? <laughs> it's really, it's very sappy. Oh, totally. <laughs> All right. You got you have, um, the pianos kind of come in and it's like, get ready. I do understand. And I do care. I didn't care. I wouldn't have told you to go back to school. Didn't want you to, you know. I wanted you to spend your days here with me. I couldn't wait for you to come every morning. You made me, made me feel that I was still able to help someone, that I was useful. 
and I wasn't. Do you hear all the birds? It's like insane, actually. If you listen very closely, you can hear like literally 400 birds. Maybe it's the one they saved. You know what? And his whole family. Yep. <laughs> Quite so. Frightened with the coming darkness. Because you were around. she's going to i think <laughs> i believe in jenny um i think you know even though i'm kind of goofing on this particular role with jenny i think that shannon doherty was um i mean i don't know any of her work um in general like i, I mean i know who she is i know she's done a lot of television shows but i i really don't know much of anything about her my wife does but she seems like a pretty solid child actor here i think um, she knows when to cry, when not to cry. She's not a dope, you know. <laughs> yeah. and she is so cute. When she eats the little jelly bean at the end, her eyes light up. And, like, she is just so cute. I know her, of course, from 90210, which is a very different character. Which but... I've seen, yeah. I mean, I- I've seen a handful of episodes. Yeah, I didn't know she got started so young, but she is very young in these. Well, you know, she's seven years younger than Melissa Gilbert. Wow. Interesting. Um, Let's see. What was um, Shannon Doherty's first thing? Father Murphy, which is kind of interesting. Exactly. And then Michael Landon saw her from there and decided to cast her in this, I believe. Wow. She was on The Phoenix, which is interesting. A night shift. (laughs) Where was she in night shift? And Voyagers. Unbelievable. I did not know that Shannon Doherty was in Voyagers. I don't know if you ever watched uh, Voyagers. No, she's working, though. That was in 82. Voyagers was, um, it had Mino Palouse, um, which I think was, if I'm not mistaken, Punky Brewster's brother. Um, And John Eric Hexum, who is like Mr., you know, um, hunky guy from the early 80s, who was in a TV show in the mid to late 80s. I'm forgetting the name of it, but he accidentally shot himself on camera. You know, like he thought that, well, the, the, um, gun had blanks in it, but I guess dust had gotten into it and he, it was just a really terrible moment. And, um, he did die. And uh, the thing that's weird is he dated, if you know, Pee Wee's big adventure, um, you know, the girl who works in the bike shop, no, I don't. I don't know these references. I was a 90s child. Oh, okay. But you saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure. No? Right. Uh, no. What about um, Better Off Dead? Mm-mm. 
All right. <laughs> I can't say I have. I'm sorry. I, I have to pull you into my other podcast, VHS Rewind, and okay. see if we. I have to turn you on to these um, '80s um, niblets. But anyway, What's Voyagers it? was a TV show from the early '80s about time travel, oh. and um, I guess she was a, had a tiny role in it, which is kind oh. of interesting. I have to dig that up. <laughs> All right, let's go back to 1883. <laughs> um. So we're hugging, we're all happy, we're, you know, no more Mr. Grumpy. And Laura sees Jenny walking. And she, of course, I'm trying to get to the right time here. Um, let's hear what happy Laura has to say. Jenny, where have you been? I went by school to pick you up. What happened? Sorry, Aunt Laura. Are you all right? I'm fine now. I just had to get angry. There's very few people could probably rock this haircut that Shannon Doherty has here. The bangs that are straight across. And I would venture to say Shannon Doherty is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know who cut her hair, but yeah. it might have been the doctor because it's all crooked. Oh yeah, there's a. I mean, there's a few rough haircuts in Walnut Grove. <laughs> um, and you know, Melissa Gilbert's skin in this episode needs mm -hmm. a little bit of clearer silk. Uh oh. I don't know if you've <laughs> noticed this at all. But I mean, I fixed it. HD really brings it out. Um, yes. And I don't think I don't know if these are actually in true HD. So I'm kind of. But you know what? She was only 19 years old. Yeah, it happened. No one's perfect. Sure. No, I, I I'm 46 years old and I still get zits. <laughs> um, but that's interesting, actually, now that I think about it. So Jenny is about probably 11 or 12 years old in real life. I'd say her character is a little bit younger. And I would say that um, Laura is supposed to be a little bit older. That's wild. Seven years. Right. Seven whole years. I'll tell you on the way home. It's a long ride. Don't have to drive me to school tomorrow. I'm gonna walk. It's an awful long way. Are you sure? I'll make it. Believe me, I'll make it. And make it she did. In a few months, Jenny was running to school. And by the end of the year, it was as though the accident had never happened. very sweet we get to see this really nice relationship um i guess blossom oh i see what you did there Mark. Uh, <laughs> that was unintentional um <laughs> but the doctor he did end up losing probably most of his vision um at yes. this point and which i just think it's kind of sad i don't i don't know why they're so hung up on vision 
I mean, fair enough. I mean, I would think that's a pretty major thing to to lose would be devastating. But there are a, a alarming amount of blind people in and around Walnut Grove. <laughs> Uh, at the end, they're kind of walking off together, and Jenny runs, and she picks some wildflowers and gives it to him and explains what they are. But I honestly thought that she was going to be putting them on his grave, because this is before we had seen him. Oh, my him. God, that would be epic. That, yeah, that would be interesting. So for me, it was a happy ending. Oh. <laughs> he was still alive, at least. Well, I mean, I would at least like to see her wearing the locket or something. Or, oh, me too. That's something. Cool. Yeah. But no, her bangs probably grew an eighth of an inch. <laughs> Still crooked. Um, she still has the pigtails. We, I don't know if we ever see her without the pigtails. I don't think so. This is our only season, so. Is it really her only season, the season it, nine? It is. And actually, in the episode where her and Laura go to the hotel to, like, work, to Laura's writing the Little House books, she has her hair down, but she's, like, in her pajamas. Yeah. She comes in on Times Are Changing, mm-hmm. part one. Yep, season nine. Well, a whole lot of changes. The Carters, we get Nancy. Like, season nine brought a whole bunch of new characters. I like the Carters. Something about having people move into the new into the little house. and yeah. I always like that whole idea. Coming in through John, and he just kind of has Pa's work ethic and, and love of his family and stuff. But it's sweet. It's nice to know the little house lives on. It, absolutely, and I really love Allison Balson as Nancy. I really think that she really brings such a refreshing um, and and kind of familiar feel to the older generation of Little House in the Prairie. Uh, she really channels um, Nellie perfectly, but ten times worse. Yeah, like she's just oh my! God. It's almost like getting rid of a bully in school and just to have a worse bully move in. It's Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, she is a monster, but in the best way. She makes it so watchable. The very first time where they meet her and she, like, bites Harriet. Oh, it's just so good. Yeah, I love. I personally love that when they first find her and they go, you, they hate me. Or, um, oh, you hate me. You always hated me. <laughs> That's, That's very good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, she was actually in a small role in the movie Looker. I don't know if you ever saw Looker. Big I HBO see. movie in the 80s. It's from 1981. Oh. And um, I just looked it up. I can't believe she's in Looker. I forgot that this movie kind of existed. Um, it was about kind of plastic surgery of models back in the day before it was also, I guess, perfected in, in some way. But um, it's a Michael Crichton um, directed movie. It's worth looking into. No pun intended. Looker. <laughs> See, I'm full of puns tonight. Um, I thought that was a blind joke. Uh, no. It's, it's just unintentional. It's always unintentional. Jeez. But um, Kim, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk about this classic episode. Um, if people have an interest in. You know, reaching out to you, do you have any type of blog or um, public way of communication? I know that you're on, well, no, you're not on the Facebook page, which I, I think is weird. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm just That's not right. on Facebook. I'm not really on any kind of social media just for my type of personality. I was finding that it wasn't really healthy. I was getting too hooked on it. You're but. lucky. That, I mean, I think that's amazing. I'm always trying to walk away. 
Oh, I, it was just becoming an issue. So I just gave it up. And no, I just live a little rural life out here in Florida and watching, binge watching Little House on the Prairie. And, <laughs> and so I just want to thank you so much for having me come on here. This is a dream come true. I'm so excited. Oh, I mean, it's very kind of you. But um, if, I hope that you'll consider coming back on. We can review an older one, too. I mean, I know that I think you're more focused on this era, though, of Little House. Yes, and first of all, name the day I will be there. I love <laughs> awesome. So fun, but yeah, the later episodes, season seven and beyond. Of course, the beginning is great, but the later episodes, it, they just get so crazy, and we get to see Nellie get married and fall in love, and just so many different characters and mm-hmm. character development. It's just such a great show. It's just so timeless. Well, Kim Lair, again, thank you so much for t- for coming on to Walnut Grovecast. And- chatting about Jenny and all of this good stuff. It's free.